You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from his word today. When we are not faithful, he remains faithful. He will not deny himself. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Take your Bible and turn with me to Psalm 27, one of my favorite psalms. Perhaps it's one of yours as well, Psalm 27. I've entitled a message this morning, Learning to Wait on the Lord. It's not easy. It's one of the most difficult things that you will do in your Christian life, is learning how to wait on God. Psalm 27. I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. Let's stand, shall we? And let's read responsibly. I'll read the first verse. You read the second. Uh, Through the end of the chapter, verse 14. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should arise against me, in this will I be confident. For in the time of trouble, He shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me and answer me. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Our verse for today, wait on the Lord. Heavenly Father, would you bless this message in an unusual way? For all of us here struggle with learning how to wait. Would you strengthen our heart today? In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you, may be seated. Now, if you are like me, and I assume that most of you are in some aspects of your life, 
you don't like to wait. Remember here a few weeks ago, we had a birthday party for me. And my children put together a little video uh, where they gave a testimony about their dad. Did you notice something? Almost every one of them said, my dad is so much more patient now than he used to be. <laughs> I didn't know I was that bad when it came to the area of patience and learning how to wait. You know, we've all grown accustomed to getting what we want, when we want it, and we usually want it when? Now. We don't want to wait for it, or we want to get it as soon as possible. We tend to do business with companies that can deliver right away. And we are even willing to pay a little bit extra if we can get it the next day, even though we really don't need it the next day. We have fast food. We have overnight delivery now. We have instant messaging. We have all kinds of modern conveniences and, and modern inventions that make it easy for us to satisfy our material desires and wants now. But think about this. Nothing that man has invented will ever cause God to move more quickly than his will. <laughs> and that's where the rub comes in. We're so used to things being instant and right away. Waiting can be very inconvenient, can't it? It can cause a lot of frustration when you're waiting for something. Don't you just love being stuck in traffic? Now I gotta ask, how many of you blow your horn when you're stuck in traffic and I see your hand? Mom, I saw you gonna raise your hand there. How many have a few choice words that they say under their breath? Okay, the rest of you are lying. I know you are. <laughs> I know you do. But we hate waiting in traffic or we get impatient when we're in line and we, this always happens to, always happens to me. I should learn better over all these years, but you're standing in line and the line's going so slowly, you got things to do and people are talking to one another and you look over here and there's one person in line. And so you cut over into that line so you can get, does this happen to you too? And the woman, it's always a woman, she pulls out a pay, she, she pulls out her checkbook. Don't anyone have a credit card? She pulls out her checkbook and she writes a check and then she realizes she filled it out wrong. And she has to avoid her check and she has to write out another one. And the person that was behind you in the other line has already left the store. Maybe you can't wait till the preacher gets done preaching. No amens. Sometimes we get impatient when a a parent has a crying child and they just will not remove that crying child you know they're wrestling with it and they're shoving cookies in their mouth and you know they're they're doing everything they can do to get the kid to be quiet and you go would you get that kid out of here or how many have ever sat by a crying baby in an airplane yeah there's nothing worse than that we don't like waiting at a restaurant hate waiting at a doctor's office for your name to be called Airport security, that'll drive anyone crazy, waiting for that. 
Maybe you're waiting for a promotion at work or maybe to get that raise that was promised to you or maybe you're unemployed and you're waiting for your unemployment check uh, to come in. Maybe you're waiting for a family member to hurry up and get ready so you can leave. Maybe you're impatient with people that are talking and won't stop talking and you can't get a word in edgewise. Maybe you get impatient with someone who's texting and you just want to talk to them, but they won't stop texting so you can say something to them. Maybe you're out shopping with someone who has to look at every single item in the entire store before they buy what they went in to buy. Not at all. Phil's very patient with that. Maybe you get impatient for water to boil, for food to cook, for a worker to finish his job so you can finish yours and get out of there, or for a back order to come in, or for a guest to show up, or for someone to respond to a text or an email or a voicemail that you've left. Perhaps you're impatient waiting for paint to dry. Yeah? For payday to roll around, for your next trial to end. Maybe you're impatient waiting for the next election. I am. Maybe you're impatient waiting for this whole COVID thing to get over with. I could go on and on, couldn't I? Things that are just, it's hard. You know how I know that we all have problem waiting? is because of the number of times God addresses it in his word. 148 times we find the word wait, waited, and waiting. Why? Because we all have problems being patient and waiting on the Lord. David said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me. He heard my cry. He brought me up out of a horrible pit. Because of his strength, I will wait upon him, for God is my defense. My soul, wait thou upon God, for my expectation is from him. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, Isaiah said. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Isaiah said, I will wait upon the Lord, for I will look to him. I could go on and on and on and on in the number of scripture and passages that we have that tell us to wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord, wait on the Lord. It's repeated over and over and over. It's like God is trying to drill that into us that we need to learn to wait. I want to talk here in just a moment about the remedy for impatience. How many of you here would say you're you're impatient? Can I see you? Okay, good. Good. That makes me feel better. When Jesus was in the process of discipling his disciples, listen to what he said to them in Luke 21:19. He said, "Impatience possess your souls." So part of Jesus' discipleship was teaching his disciples how to be patient, how to wait, and not run ahead of the Lord. I looked up that word possess, and it means this, acquire by any means. It's very, very important that all of us here acquire by any means patience, that we have learned how to wait 
on the Lord. When Paul was discipling Timothy, he told Timothy that there are six qualities that every single one of us need to have in our lives. Listen to what they are. He said, but thou, O man of God, flee these things, but follow, are you with me? Follow righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness. Think of that, that patience is ranked right up there with righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and meekness. One of the six qualities that we're to have in our lives as a believer. James said this, but let patience have her, what? Perfect, her perfecting work. That ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. I guess when we finally have achieved patience, we've arrived. You're all with me? We haven't quite arrived yet, have we? Yeah, hopefully we're on our way. But as I begin to think about this, learning how to wait on the Lord and learning how to have patience, I thought, you know, it really requires obedient faith for us to wait on the Lord. He tells us to wait. He commands us to wait and not take matters into our own hands and not run ahead of him. Because when we take that, when we don't wait upon the Lord for him to accomplish his will, and we run ahead of him trying to fulfill our will, we can create all kinds of tremendous problems and bring all kinds of consequences into our lives simply because we didn't wait on the Lord. In many areas of life, we have choices. In ordering something online, we have a choice that we can... If we're not in a hurry for it, we can select standard shipping. Or we can pay a little bit extra and we can get it overnight. Or how many of you here have Prime? Wow. We have a lot of impatient people here. <laughs> that is an evidence of that. I remember one time I woke up, it was, it was like the middle of the night, it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. And, and I'm wide awake. I go in my office. I had to order something. I can't even remember what it was. I ordered it at 4 o'clock in the morning. It showed up that day. This is crazy. This is unbelievable. You know, it would be nice if we had that option when it came to having our prayers answered. Do you want them answered right now? Or do you want to answer them next day? Or maybe if you pray a little bit more, you can get it a little bit earlier. Mm, you know what? That's not how God works. These things are in the Lord's hands. And this is why we have to learn to wait. God may move quickly. He can if he wants. I've seen him move quickly in a lot of situations. God may move quickly. Or he may delay. You know, I can really identify with, with David. Listen to what David, I love David. He is so honest, isn't he? Like, Lord, kill my enemies. <laughs> I, I, I love David. Don't you love the honesty of Scripture? A man after my own heart, kill my enemies. But I can identify, this is Psalm 70. This is David. He says, make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste. To help me, O Lord, I am poor, I am needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer. O Lord, make no tearing. 
Like, God, answer my prayer and answer it now. That's me. That's me. I, I can understand that. But the waiting game. It's hard to play the waiting game. So when waiting on the Lord, we, we must not complain when he is slow in meeting our needs. We have a tendency to do that, don't we? Our needs are not met right away. We have a tendency to complain. And yet the Bible says, do all things, even waiting on the Lord, do all things without murmuring and disputings. Now, again, I thought that word disputings is not, some, not a word we use uh, frequently. So I looked it up, and it means to argue with irritating persistence. I mean, you are arguing with the Lord over this. You are irritated. Do all things without murmuring and disputing. So when it comes to waiting on the Lord, don't, don't have a complaining spirit. God is still in control. We must never become discouraged. When God seems to be delaying our request. My life's verse. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. He will direct thy paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Don't complain. Don't become discouraged. Here, here's, here's one. This is really an important one. Don't give in to pressure to run ahead of the Lord. Don't give in to pressure to run ahead of the Lord. Psalm 69 and verse 6 says this, Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed. You know, there's, there's people that are always going to be like, oh, Why aren't you moving ahead? You know, one thing a salesman hates to hear is, uh, Let me go home and think about that. They'll do everything that they could do to stop you from going out that door and thinking about it. Or to say, you know, let me go talk to my wife about it. Or, you know what, let me pray about this for a few days before I get back with an answer. No, every good salesman wants to pressure you. They want to make the deal right now. But don't give it, listen, people will pressure you to run ahead of the Lord. Why aren't you making that decision? It just seems like the, the right thing to do. Don't give in to pressure. Don't complain. Don't become discouraged. Don't give in to pressure. When God seems to be sluggish, when meeting our needs, let me give you a verse of encouragement. A day is with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. Yeah, I didn't encourage anybody, did it? God doesn't operate on our time schedule. We have to remember that. But then Moses said this, I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. He is the rock. His work is perfect. His work is perfect. There's a man in our church, been praying for him. He's had three job interviews and... Looked like this job opportunity was wide open, was his for the taking. At the last minute, God shut it down. You know what? God's way is what? God's way is perfect. He is our rock. His way is perfect. For all his ways are judgment. 
He is a God of truth. He is without iniquity. He is just and he is right. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? God always does right. So when God seems to be sluggish, just remember his ways are always right. Solomon said, to, er to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven because to every purpose there is a time and a judgment. Trust and obey. Obedient faith. God tells me to wait. I'm going to obey him. I'm going to trust him. And I am going to wait. I am not going to run ahead of the Lord. When we walk with the Lord in the light of his word, what a glory he sheds on our way. While we do his good will, he abides with us still. And if all who will trust and obey, trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. How many know this song, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus?' Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his, just to rest. Don't run ahead of the Lord. Just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord, I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend, and I know that he is with me, will be with me to the end. Jesus, Jesus, how I Trust him. How I've proved him. What? Or and or. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. So listen, God in his infinite wisdom has made it very, very clear in his word that there are times when we just need to trust him and wait. Listen, he's got it covered. How many of you believe that? Give me an amen. amen. He's got this thing covered. Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28, he said, Thou hast thou not known, hast thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of heaven and earth, he fainteth not, neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. God knows what he's doing. We have to trust in his wisdom, lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. In Romans chapter 11, verse 33, Paul said these words, Oh, the depth, both of the riches and knowledge, of, of wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Listen, God knows better than we do. Do you believe that? We see things only from our perspective. He sees them from a divine perspective. So I really believe that waiting on the Lord requires faith. It requires faith in God's wisdom, and it requires faith in God's timing. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He is the all-wise one. His timing is always right. That he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Paul wrote to the Romans about obedient faith. James said faith without 
works without obedience is non-existent. It's dead faith. I came across this sample prayer. I, I, I like it. Okay? Listen to this. Lord, this is a really big problem that I'm facing today. How many have been there? This is really a big problem that I'm facing today. I would really like an answer, and I'd like it soon. Since I know your timing is always perfect, I will wait for you to help me and give me the answer I need in this situation. I know you know best, and I trust you to lead me and guide me in this situation that I'm facing in my life. Don't you think that'd be a good prayer to pray? I do too. So no question about it. Waiting on the Lord requires faith. Remember what, uh, what the Lord said to Simon. He said, Simon, Simon, Simon Peter. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired you that he may have you and, you know the verse, what? Sift you. Shake you all up. Sift you as wheat. But Jesus said, but I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. Now, again, you know I've been in the ministry a long time. I look like it, don't I? Some of you have been with me a long time and you look like it too. But one thing that I've learned over all these years is when we become impatient and we take matters into our own hands, we have literally played into the hands of Satan. And that's when he sifts us like wheat. And our faith fails. And here's what I've noticed over all these years. When our faith becomes weak, we stop trusting in the Lord. When we stop trusting in the Lord, we stop waiting on him to accomplish his will because we have our will in mind of how we think things ought to go. So then we start, are you still with me? Then we start taking matters into our own hands. I'm going to step in here and I'm going to accomplish what I believe is my will. And then we start, here we go. You, you need to hear this. Then we start looking for people to agree with us. People who will support us in the decision that we have made not to wait on the Lord. Now, we would never say, well, I'm not waiting on the Lord anymore. But when we decide, nope, that's it. I'm moving ahead. I'm going to make this thing happen. Then we start looking for people to agree with us. Then what happens, we start cutting people out of our lives who disagree with us. I've seen this happen in our church over and over and over and over again. People who are set on doing their own will. But listen, this preacher's not going to budge away from his will. And because they do not have the support there, then they're going to leave the church and they're going to find another church or another group that's going to support what they've... My wife, actually, this week, she was going through one of our old church directories. She said, Dan, it is unbelievable over the past few years how many people have left our church. Most of them have left our church because they don't agree with the preaching. They have their own will. They are set on what they are going to do. 
And when the preaching from this pulpit runs contrary to what they, they're not going to wait on the Lord, they're going to go ahead and they're going to gather people around them that are going to support them and encourage them in what they have decided to do. Here's what I've discovered. If you are willing to run away from God, Satan will always provide the transportation. Maybe you've heard this. Never do wrong to do right. Never do wrong to do right. Waiting on the Lord requires obedient faith. In waiting on the Lord, we must never allow ourselves to become anxious and act unwisely. Psalm 37, verse 7, listen. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. How many of you here ever fret about things? Come on. Rest. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Don't run ahead of the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Trust in his wisdom. Trust in his timing. Wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. Be anxious for nothing. But in everything by prayer, with supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to the God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As I was thinking of that verse, rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him, I thought of the, the account. We're not going to call them stories anymore. We're going to call them accounts. They aren't just stories, amen? They're true accounts. But Saul, when the Philistines were gathered together to fight against Israel, had literally surrounded Israel. Saul had been instructed to wait for the prophet Samuel to come and give him counsel as to how he was to proceed in this battle against uh, the Philistines and to offer sacrifice unto the Lord. You remember that? I mean, the, the army far outnumbered the army of the nation of Israel. I mean, this, this was like no contest. Samuel delays his coming. Saul begins to freak out. Surrounded by the Philistines, he becomes desperate and he panics and he takes matters into his own hands. Now, wait a minute. What was he told to do? What? Wait. He was to wait for Samuel to give him counsel and to offer sacrifice to the Lord before he went into battle. But instead of waiting for the prophet, he decided, well, you know, I'm just going to have to offer a sacrifice myself. Now, if you know anything about the law of God, it was forbidden for a king to offer sacrifice. He could not do that. He could not enter into the office of a priest or a prophet and offer sacrifice. So he does it. He offers a sacrifice unto the Lord. When Samuel arrived, uh, finally did arrive, he found out what Saul had done. Okay? Now listen. This is the conversation now between Samuel the prophet and King Saul. 
And Samuel said, Saul, what hast thou done? I can't believe you didn't wait for me. What, what have you done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me, they're starting to freak out. They're starting to get scared because they're surrounded by the enemy. And thou camest not within the days appointed. You didn't show up when you said you were going to show up. And that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Mishmath. Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down upon me in Gilgal. I had to make a supplication unto the Lord. This is what he says. I forced myself. Really? One thing about Saul, he was a great excuse maker. He said, I, I had to make a supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and, uh, off, and offered a burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done very foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord has sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be king over his people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord God hath commanded thee. You say, what, what, what's going on here? Saul loses his kingship. When we, when we refuse to wait on the Lord, it could cost us dearly. Now, I want you to be very honest with me. How many of you here in your life have ever run ahead of the Lord and made a decision that you regret? Almost every one of us. If I only would have waited... Some of those decisions are more significant than others. You know how many young people have come to me over the years who have married out of the will of God? That's going to stick with you. But instead of waiting on the Lord to bring the right one into their life, they rushed ahead of the Lord. I know individuals who have rushed ahead of the Lord when it comes to purchasing an item. I could give you lots of examples of that. I know people, and got themselves in financial difficulty. I know people who have rushed ahead of the Lord in taking a job offer and have really suffered because of it. So waiting on the Lord requires obedient faith. It requires us just to not take matters into our own hands and not run ahead of the Lord. Waiting on the Lord requires us not to become anxious and act unwisely, but trust in his wisdom and timing. And then our text said something else. That waiting on the Lord takes courage. Now think about it. I mean, I can understand how that waiting on the Lord is obedient faith. I, I got that. It takes obedience to wait on the Lord. and takes a trust in his wisdom and in his timing. I got that. But waiting on the Lord requires courage. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So I had to do some thinking about that. And then I thought, why, 
Why don't we wait on the Lord? Come on, talk to me. Why don't we wait on the Lord? Because we are fearful of what may happen as we wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We don't wait on the Lord because we become fearful. Courage is the opposite of fear. When Moses was turning over the leadership of the nation of Israel to Joshua, listen to what he said to Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid. For the Lord thy God, it is he that doth go before thee. He will not fail thee. He will not forsake thee. Don't fear. Be of good courage. If you fear, you won't wait. You'll run ahead of the Lord and you'll make tremendous mistakes in your life. Don't wait. Or don't fear. Be of good courage. Okay. When Israel entered into the promised land, did they have any weapons to fight with? Zero weapons. So now they're entering into the promised land. Joshua is the leader of the nation of Israel. Five kings stand up against the nation of Israel, one being the Amalekites, which was the strongest, most powerful army in the world at that time. So now you've got five kings, five nations, one of the most powerful military nations, the Amorites, and this is what Joshua said. And Joshua said unto them, to the nation of Israel, fear not, be not dismayed, be strong and of good courage. For thus shall the Lord do to all your enemies against whom ye fight. When David was exhorting Solomon and what God had called him to do in the building of the temple, what did he say to Solomon? Be strong and of good courage. Fear causes us to worry about what will happen while we are waiting on the Lord. Listen, you're waiting on the Lord, he's got it covered. Okay, church? We don't need to fear. He's, he's got it covered. Courage maintains hope. While we are waiting on the Lord, courage fills us with joy, knowing that God's going to handle this situation. Now, it's not easy to wait. Sometimes we can become very discouraged. But think of it. Discouragement is a lack of courage. If you've got courage, you won't be discouraged. God said to Joshua, be strong and of good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Go get it. I gave it to you. Go get it. All right, I kind of want to wrap this up. God knows it's our tendency to become impatient. And so he says, wait. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, as I wrap this all up here this morning, how do we not lose hope when we are waiting, 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 
and waiting. I could say, well, come back tonight and find out. But we have a missionary tonight. Well, David tells us. He said, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth wait. And in his word do I hope. When your trial seems to just be going on and on and on and on. And you're waiting and you're waiting and you're waiting and you're looking and you're, you're hoping. And an answer doesn't seem to come. What do we do? We spend a little bit more time in this word. We spend a little bit more time in the meditation on God's word. Because there are times when it seems like the trial is never going to end. And we say, I can't hang on much longer. I'm tired. I'm discouraged. I'm ready to get, give up. But you know what men and women of God do? They embrace the promises of God. They hope in his word. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watch for the morning. <clears throat> Before you could just go turn the lights on, you know what you did? You waited for the sun to rise. I'm, I'm going to, I got to share this with you. In Psalm 119, David said this, For my soul fainteth for thy salvation, but I hope in thy word. When wilt thou comfort me? I don't ever remember reading this before. He said, For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. I have become like a bottle in the smoke. I thought, what in the world? How many of you are wondering, what in the world does that mean? So I have a commentary. It's called Barnes Commentaries. Listen to what he says. For I am become like a bottle in the smoke. Bottle, bottles in the east were commonly made of skins. Such bottles hung in tents where the smoke had little opportunity to escape and would, of course, become dark and very dingy and thus become emblems of distress and discomfort and sorrow. I'm like a bottle in the smoke. The meaning here is that by affliction and sorrow, the psalmist had been reduced to a state which would be well represented by such a bottle. A somewhat similar idea occurs in Psalm 22, where David said, My strength is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. For I am become like a bottle in the smoke, yet do I not forget thy statutes. Though David was thus deeply affected, without comfort or peace, yet he maintained allegiance to God in his word, even though he was like a bottle in the smoke. 
The doctrine is that distress, poverty, sorrow, and rags, the most adverse circumstances of life, will not turn away the true child of God from obeying, serving, and trusting him. True religion will always, always abide these tests. And all God's people said, you may feel like a bottle in the smoke, but listen, don't ever run ahead of the Lord. Wait upon him. Wait on the Lord with obedient faith. Don't ever take matters into your own hands. Don't ever allow yourself to become anxious and make unwise decisions. Always take courage. Waiting on the Lord requires you to realize he is in sovereign control of everything that's going on and happening in my life right now. Come to terms with your dependence upon God. Be quiet. Shh. Don't freak out. Rest. Wait patiently on the Lord. Wait in silence. Shh. It's okay. He's got it covered. Refrain from fear and worry and continue seeking the Lord through constant prayer. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. If we do these things, I believe God will show himself strong on our behalf in his time. In his time, he makes all things beautiful. In his time, not ours. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.